the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Coming up this season on PBS, How to Kill a Unicorn. Wasn't it PBS who did How to catch a murderer or something like that big super podcast well we're gonna have a sh- on this show rob black and your money how to kill a unicorn uh unicorn obviously uh, it's it's the dawn of the age of the unicorn we knew this was coming we knew web 2.0 was going to kind of create some problems they can't all be winner winner chicken dinners like facebook some of the problems coming forward at this point in time are going to be the peer-to-peer companies not peer-to-peer as in um, business-to-business, but more like ride-sharing. So how to kill a unicorn. How to kill a unicorn this season on episode one. Let's introduce you, to you a very grim sign for the IPO price on the second and third day of trading for Lyft. Shares closed 21% below their IPO. What's next for Pinterest, Postmates, Slack, Uber? They're all waiting to ride the wave. Lyft closed its second day of trading lower than its IPO. The IPO has become a test case, not just for rival Uber. Uber and Lyft go together like peanut and butter, right? But also Pinterest, Postmates, Slack technologies, and many, many more that are all in the pipeline of coming public. So I probably won't do shows like that. I'm probably not a PBS kind of guy. How to Kill a Unicorn on episode two. Um, What I will say, though, is be cautious with any IPOs. Everyone's made money but you. And we've gone through a long period of an up market where you can kind of say, let's get some money to feed these young companies. But I feel we're on the back end of optimism. And optimism is a crazy thing. It could be reborn very quickly. It does not take a revivalist church preacher in Texas to get people all fired up. Wall Street works a little bit more do-re-mi-ish. So this could be a kind of a fun year of watching the IPOs. It's going to be a, a fun year of Netflix. Stock will keep surging with strong shows, so says J.P. Morgan. Netflix has so much, and it, fe- it seems like they're doing things right. Like, I may like comedy shows, and they're really cheap for an hour of production. They don't have to do Game of Thrones which is really expensive. Now, again, to have some stickiness to like saying, okay, I've had my fair share. I'm fat. I've had too much comedy. Now I want, I want my heads cut off. I want dragons. I want naked queens and princesses and things like that. Oh, it's right around the corner. HBO's final season of Game of Thrones is upon us. What will happen? Will the Khaleesi die? Will John explain his parentage to the world? Is the Ice King coming back to stay this time? Find out more on Game of Thrones in episode two. Yes, I'm jonesing for some some Game of Thrones. So Netflix unveiled price increases recently. And they don't need big hits like um, Game of Thrones. Uh, they kind of drag it out over years in Westworld and things like that. They have them, 
but they're on a much smaller budget because they're trying to bathe people in content versus giving them like a, a specific bullet shot into content. So one analyst sees a 20% upside in Netflix's price from here. And yeah, they do. You know, they have to have their, their original hits. They do. And seeing that they're spending what looks like billions and billions and billions more than their competitors, I think they're going to be okay. Speaking of okay, what could make things better than killing a unicorn? To kill a unicorn with Rob Black, only on this season's podcast episode. How about Monster Truck Giveaway? Monster Jam returns to Levi's Stadium on Saturday, April 13th. This is your chance to win four tickets, 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 tickets to Monster Jam at Levi's Stadium, April 13th, Saturday. It is a family entertainment, family four-pack Monster Jam trucks, including Gravedigger, the one, the only, patent pending. Max D and many more world-class drivers push these perfectly engineered vehicles to their limits. As far as I know, this is a dangerous, loud show, so please enter at your own risk. Of course, it's not dangerous and or anything like that, but it is good to sell danger, danger, danger. Tickets and more can be found at MonsterJam.com. That's MonsterJam.com. It's KDOW.com as well, KDOW.com. I've actually been to one Monster Jam. I don't know what was the circumstances, but it was years and years ago, and it is loud. This one's at Levi's Stadium at April 13th, Saturday. The adrenaline sounding of those big wheels, wheels, wheels is all that in a bucket of chicken. 800-516-1220 to get the winning call on. It's 800-516-1220. It's a good day of super family entertainment, and you will be wowed, and you will be amazed. Anyhow, and anyway, I digress. Manhattan real estate. Jerry, our apartment prices are dropping. What should we do? Who are all these people who are dropping their prices? Manhattan real estate sales fell for the sixth straight quarter. Wow. Longest losing streak in how many years? 10, 20, 30, or all of the above. Manhattan real estate had its worst first quarter since the financial crisis. Sales fell for the sixth straight quarter. That's a year and a half for man speak. That's the longest losing streak in how many years? 10, 20, 30, or 40 years, or all the above? The answer is ding, 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 30. So Manhattan real estate had its worst first quarter. Total sales fell 3%. The drop stems from an oversupply of high-end apartments, a lack of foreign buyers, and a new federal tax law that has hit the real estate in high-tax states. The new mansion tax approved by New York State legislators over the weekend will layer another tax on the sale of multi-million dollar homes and add further pressure to a market that's already under stress. Is it the beginning of the end for Manhattan real estate? Well, for a year and a half it has been. The average sale price did get a boost. There was a hedge fund billionaire who bought a $238 million condo. Woohoo! That is money to burn. You know, a $238 million condo, I'm just saying, if aliens do ever invade this country and they send, like, comets or missiles as first wave, I kind of hope that they take out the $238 million condo first. I know you're saying, that's not very nice of you. But that's what I'd like to see. It's like um, zombies. You know, I want them to take out the rich first. Or the, the, uh, if you can head to Bill Gates' house... That, that's funny. That's good entertainment. Sellers who have unrealistic high price expectations now are the biggest barriers to sales. So sellers are starting to get stingy. There's a nine-month supply of homes on the market. Inventory's up 9%. So people are selling. Their home is on the market for nine months. Honey, we have to send another payment. We can't afford to send another payment. We need to retire down to Florida. Honey, it's now month nine. We could have had a baby from the start of this whole process. Oh, my God, my baby, I can't have a baby. We have no money. We got to go down to Florida. We got to sell this house. People start feeling a lot of pressure around six months. Nine months is starting to get insane. That's when price drops happen big. 
So we're paying attention to New York. San Francisco is far, far, far away. But it's still a market with some supply and demand uh, problems, to say the least. I'm Rob Black. I love you. You can find me at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Support me. Come to a seminar. You can always sign up for one at the website, Rob Black Show. Use the code RADIO25. A lot of great downloadables at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. I'm Rob Black. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black. Thanks for listening to The Big Shoe. Struggling a little bit with my health these days. Um, take care of yourselves, people. Um, I fight through, and I promise, like I've always said, if I die, I will die on this show. As best I can, unless it's going to be more dramatic, I'll do it on TV. But neither here nor there. Thank you. Thank you very much. Pretty big event happened yesterday. Um, and it was April Fool's, so I looked at it. I'm like, no. Turns out it's a pretty real story, though. Burger King, whose quarter pound whooper pushed its competitors for half a century to create their own two-fisted hamburgers. Did something kind of crazy yesterday. It's a vegetarian version of its signature sandwich. It's all based on plant-based patties developed by San Francisco Bay Area, a company called Impossible Foods. It was introduced at key restaurants, about 50-plus. Again, it's testing, right? Um, It once banned, the city of St. Louis once banned the use of the term meat for any vegetarian or cell-based substitutes, so we've come a long way. But a Burger King spokesperson said that if the Impossible Bur- Whopper succeeds, so it's made by a company called the Impossible Burger, the uh, meat patties, or the, again, you can fall into it pretty quickly, huh? So the Impossible Whopper, if it succeeds in the show-me state, the company's going to expand distribution to all 7,200 restaurants. Um, such a move would make companies like White Castle, who is the undisputed king of fake meat burgers, you know, they would have to up their game. Red Robin has introduced its Impossible Cheeseburger at 570 locations. Carl's Jr. rolled out the Beyond Famous Star vegetarian version of its signature burger, a plant-based Beyond Meat at more than 1,000 locations. Now, I know, where is the beef, Clara? Where is the beef? A lot of people think meat is one of the biggest harmers to the global warming kind of theory out there. Again, I believe in global warming. I'm not saying global warming theory. But a lot of people want to attack it different ways, and one of them is cut down on you know uh, the amount of animals we have grazing. So the veg version is going to cost about a dollar more than the original whooper, whopper, whooper, whopper. We're seeing Paris Hilton basically in like kind of like a black bikini set of clothes eating a Whopper. It's like, ugh, you're killing me. But would you pay a dollar more for a plant-based version and not kill a cow? Impossible Foods took heat last year from people for ethical treatment of animals with a startup's seemingly contradictory stance on animals. Impossible Food wants to save the lives of countless livestock, but the company simultaneously tests a molecule for the beefy taste. Now, again, sometimes you can't win to lose. Now, I feel like a lot of school food in elementary school and high school was meatless meat, right? It wasn't quite real. Nothing was right. That chicken patty wasn't chicken. Right. But we're moving in that direction. That's going to be big business. Um, it's going to be as big business updating our food chain or, or changing our food chain. It's going to be, you can make money in it. So, um, and the big question is, when is McDonald's going to go McVegan? Are you Mc with me or McNot? Bitcoin surged yesterday. 
Oh, on to another story. When will McDonald's go meatless? We don't know. But I think that was a big story yesterday, and I think that's something we, pay, we should pay attention to. Bitcoin had a big day yesterday, surged above 5,000 buckaroos. And people, the only thing that people can say is maybe it was April Fool's. That sucks. Can you imagine having an investment where the only reason people could come up with for it to move higher that day is for freaking fragging, freaking fragging. Are you kidding me? An April Fool's joke? You might... <laughs> it is, yeah. I'm, and again, I'm not even going to ask a millennial their theory on Bitcoin because I don't have three hours of my life to waste. Speaking of millennials, millennials and hoodies spent $28 million on Simpson art. Okay, well, you got to say they got fine taste in art. Millennials snapped up $28 million worth of uh, art inspired by the Simpsons television show. And I love that the people were bidding on it wearing hoodies and didn't want to be seen. It was hip. It was an auction room that was hip. It wasn't a lot of old people. It was a hip. Millennial buyers in hoodies buying hip Simpson artwork. I know you're saying that's a lot of $28 million. But a young Chinese buyer with short black uh, back inside haircut. Wearing a gray army camouflage jacket, shelled out $2.6 million. Um, who would have thought? I will say this. I'm not a collector of things that I, I consider to be a, like an enthusiast. Like, let's say I was a Walking Dead fan. I'm not going to go out and get the first edition of the comics because in my heart of hearts, I'm like, there's so many of these. If people want access to it, they can get it. It's kind of like the whole, I'm not... The, 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 I don't collect vinyl. I don't have a relationship with vinyl records. I don't go, I'm going to go into my room tonight and sit down in my recliner and put on vinyl and lean back in my leather chair. Um, Apple Music and Spotify ruined that for me. I don't collect things like um, vinyl. I, like, I don't say, well, that's a $400 album. It's just an album to me. That's all I got for you, ladies and gentlemen. Please tip your waiters and waitresses on the way out. Um, so, yes, yes. Yes. You're such a good-looking crowd. You're such a good-looking crowd. I've, it's like so much better than Arkansas, where everyone had one tooth. Um, 800-516-1220. Each call's in the air. Walgreens is plunging. Um, there's a retail health squeeze going on right now. Walgreens shares have opened at the lowest point since 2013. And again, it makes you wonder like sometimes why you invest. Like, oh, I've owned this stuff for a long time. Um, you've owned the wrong one in the sector, is what happened. You went with the one that you felt comfortable with versus maybe the stronger, or maybe the one that you didn't know as well, maybe the one um, that analysts told you to go with. The U.S. biggest standalone drugstore chain fell victim to many of the pressures rippling through healthcare. What are the pressures right now? Two thirds of the sales inside of a healthcare uh, CVS type of store comes from the pharmacy, and Walgreens is filling more prescriptions but making less money on them. I'll front um, i i wouldn't want to own the companies that companies i wouldn't want to own the products that rite aid and cvs sells so selling fewer cough and cold products um selling less in tobacco it's all about the pharmacy i know you're saying it's all about the benjamins it's all about the pharmacy anyway i'm rob black talking all things financial money investing and more still to come we're going to take a look at the markets with a little briefing.com action. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. 
Joining me now, Patrick O'Hare from Briefing.com. Patrick, we've just wrapped up the very first quarter of the year. The years go by faster. It's the first 90 days of the year. It's another quarter that we can look at GDP. We can look at the president. We can look at business conditions and the, the results and earnings. Um, what are you looking at coming out of the first quarter, per se? Well, I'm um, looking, you know, at earnings. Really, uh, you come out okay. of that first quarter, you have the uh, the, the uh, first quarter earnings season is not not far uh, away, and so um, you've been commenting actually for some time about the uh, the downtrend in earnings growth estimates, um, and you have a market that's kind of basically ignored it, and um, you know, I, I guess you know we can pretty much analyze why the market has has ignored it because the market's looking forward to the back half of the year when it thinks economic growth will be improving and the earnings growth outlook, therefore, will also be improving. And so, um, uh, and, and it has a bridge of support to that back half of the year that's being provided by a very accommodative central bank policy. Mm-hmm. So let's talk a little bit about that accommodative central bank policy. It seems to... Um it's it's kind of a narrative for 2019, whereas maybe 2018 was a little bit more. Uh, we're going to tighten. We've got room to tighten. We're going to uh, make money more expensive. We see a good economy, and then not an about face, but kind of a shift to more neutral recently. Um, how important do you think Fed policy is going forward? Just in kind of like the world of rock, scissors, paper. Um, is it something we should really be focused on? Yeah. Um, well, I think you certainly should be focused on it, and and I would I would actually I think I would call it an about face really when it certainly when it comes to the okay. Federal Reserve. Um, you know, as you laid out in 2018, um, there was clearly a hawkish uh, bias, and and even into um, said October to December period, you know, you had a Fed chair who was you know contending that you know we were still a ways away from from the neutral rate. Uh, you know that the balance sheet unwind was pretty much on autopilot, <laughs> and you know, and here you kick off 2019, and you have the same Fed chair telling you that um, well we're going to wind down this this balance sheet runoff uh, most likely before the end of the year uh, and then now uh, coming out of that March meeting you had a, a, a major pivot uh, in terms of you know the Fed's interest rate um, outlook for 2019 the median estimate came down from two projected rate hikes to, to none uh, and so so that was a really a really important pivot uh, in the stock market's mind anyway and and we would contend at briefing.com that it's been really the primary Factor that has been um, uh, pushing up stock prices uh, in 2019. You know, this market uh, has learned over the years that um, you know when you have a very friendly Fed, uh, it tends to lend a great deal of confidence to buying you know stocks on, on any type of pullback uh, and to uh, increase risk exposure, particularly if they know you know risk-free rates are going to remain quite low, and they and that's been the case. So. Um, so it's very important to to keep an eye on Fed policy here because, you know, say you do get a pickup in the economy as you know uh, the market is expecting. Well, along with that, you should get a, another pivot then by the Fed that you know they could potentially raise interest rates, and then you have to wonder how the market is going to react uh, in that situation. But for now, um, the market is loving the idea that 
the Fed and the ECB and the Bank of Japan and so on and so forth are pretty much out of the picture. Uh, and with inflation remaining muted, which is also an important factor, um, interest rates remaining low, um, there's still this willingness to, uh, you know, to uh, buy into risk assets, and that's been a, a great benefit to the stock market. I'm going to ask you a question that's a little off uh, color, so to speak, but Janet Yellen recently said something along the lines of, well, don't assume a recession's coming, because I'm kind of assuming a recession's coming. She says, don't assume a recession's coming, because the Fed could always cut interest rates. That brought up in my head that it's almost, the game is almost geared for people like me and you to win, and sometimes the people who who just assume recessions are coming, or who assume the market's going to go lower, who assume... It felt a little financial engineered. Do you think there's a little financial engineering going on? And not on a conspiracy level, but kind of on a... (laughs) Maybe you don't have to fear the worst-case scenario, and maybe you don't get the best-case scenario either, but we seem to be engineering our way into um, smoothness these days. Well, I think you could contend that really the uh, at the heart of the Fed's dual mandate is financial engineering, because what the Congress has tasked the Fed with is maintaining maximum employment and, and price stability. And uh, the vehicle toward doing that, you know, is it's through interest rates uh, control, basically. And, and the Fed does that directly through the Fed funds rate and also through, uh, you know, through its asset purchases. And so... Um, so there is always at the at the base of things some financial engineering and, uh, that that takes place and um, like like any engineering project you, you hope the engineers have their calculations right because if they do then things continue to work and run smoothly uh, but if they don't uh, you can get a real you know kink in things that that's create some major issues so um, and right now um, the way that the economic data is rolling in where you have um, you know reasonable okay growth you know sub three percent but above two percent um and you know an inflation rate that can kind of continues to remain you know fairly stable at around two percent um you know the market can take some measure of confidence in in the in the view that uh that things have been engineered financially pretty well by the federal reserve in terms of how it's handled its policy um to this point to keep this economic expansion going and that's been that's the real hope here really is is that uh is that the fed can can stay on that that course that keeps the you know the u.s economy in sort of this um you know halcyon phase of not growing too fast but not growing too slowly and and keeping inflation in check sounds good is there anything else that you're working on right now um, Mr. O'Hare, that you think is important is the corporate earnings. The corporate, the corporate news hasn't been very sexy for me recently, but I'm going to not put words in your mouth. Anything that you're looking at these days that uh, <laughs> might be game changer? Yeah. Um, well, to be completely honest with you, Rob, I, I was I was on vacation last week. I'm kind of eating my okay. way back into things here this week. Um, you know, I've got my eye on the employment report uh, that's coming out on Friday. Um, that will be certainly interesting to watch, uh, especially with the uh, the trend in average hourly earnings and, and how that might uh, uh, play into the to the outlook for monetary policy, uh, as it's going to certainly uh, have some bearing on the inflation um, outlook uh, as as well as the labor market outlook. So just going to be watching that closely and probably will be coming around to comment uh, on the employment trend uh, in this week's big picture column. 
Sounds good. I'll look forward to it. It's Patrick O'Hare with Briefing.com. He joins us on Tuesdays. Um, essentially for the last 12, 13 years, it's been a long relationship. I've been reading his materials for the last 16, 17, 18 years minimum. It could be a little bit longer, but my memory is circumventing me, so to speak. Um, real good, solid content, briefing.com for updates on domestic and international markets in a non-biased view. Uh, lots and lots of research. It's pretty cool. For instance, if you were to go there on the fly and punch in AAPL, you can see what news is coming out on Apple. You can read the break-by-break news that they have. Um, and first thing that comes up is the Apple World Wide Web Developers uh, Conference coming up June 19th. That could be the next time for them to really come up with a big conference kind of announcement. April 19th, we get their earnings. No, I'm sorry, April 30th. I'm sorry, they're, uh, I got that all wrong in my head. But anyway, um, so you see where they are. Apple has also lowered prices in China. There's you know a serious logic ahead of the open of uh, the company. They basically said you know that their new technology was not in the new Apple AirPods. So there's a lot of interesting little tidbits that you can find at something like abriefing.com, which is probably one of the pieces of advice that I really, really want you to throw out there is come up with a system for advice. Come up with a plan on how you want you know your financial information given to you. Well, the, I, the Americans are woefully underprepared for having a financial conversation, let alone for savings. Most Americans decline any financial help or advice, and they want to do it on their own, despite the fact that not even half of adults would be able to cover an unexpected expense in their life. Um, Three-quarters of people manage their own finances, and there's some good low-level entry kind of level apps that start you. Um, People live paycheck to paycheck. You kind of have to start pulling a little bit out. 75% of Americans manage their own finances. And, you know, when my dad died, my mom wanted to do it. I wasn't going to pry it from my dad's fingers, but I certainly should have pried it from my mom's, you know? She had spent her whole adult life getting to 60 years old without doing much financially. She probably did the checkbook, and that's about it. The old balance the checkbook. I think my dad did that, but I seem to have some memories of my mom doing it. So, um... People make mistakes when you do it yourself, but people say things like, I like, the, I like the challenge ahead, but there's actually some pretty good apps out there at this point in time, apps like Acorns that'll start you on a baby level, and that's the way I would start. Um, Robinhood, eh, I think you can get it in over your head. You, maybe like a Learn Vest is fine. Um, more than half adults are, are more confident about their ability to save for retirement than they were three years ago, so I think we're kind of educating ourselves faster, which is great. But you have to have a plan. That's the number one thing. You have to have some sort of plan. And it can't be winging it. So that's one of the reasons I say if you can write it down, it makes it true. Write down your financial uh, mindset. Write down your mantras. A penny saved is a penny earned. Fine by me. If you want to write it down, that's fine by me. At least you're on your way. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing more. I think Facebook's like the devil. How much time we pump into that thing is insane. And yet it's there. 
And over the weekend, they confused me even more. Facebook came out with a plea in asking people what content should stay on its platform and what should be taken down. Facebook and Mark Zuckerberg are starting to bow to regulators, seeking public feedback and power over speech and how important it is. And does Facebook have too much power over speech? So to very much so change of heart, it looks like Zuckerberg's like kind of putting his head between his legs, maybe a little bowing to the pressure, tail between his legs. That's what I meant. You know, when a dog kind of sees a bigger dog and says, ooh, you're bigger than me. I'm going to approach this with caution. Lift stock tumbled on Monday. It's tumbling today. An analyst out there is saying some not so nice things about the company. And it just brings up a hell of a question. I'm going to be honest with you. I actually like this analyst for saying this. Shares of Lyft fall for a second straight day. Seaport Global Securities Analyst Mike Ward initiate the coverage of the stock with a sell at a $42 stock. He's not only calling for downside, he's calling for big downside. Now, why? He says, in order to justify its current market valuation, investors need to take a big leap of faith that the millennials and the later generations will forgo ownership of a car and opt instead for reliance on ride-sharing service. He believes people will continue to own cars and use ride-sharing services as a convenient supplement. It's kind of where I am, maybe. The ride-sharing market's going to continue to grow. Expect Lyft to be a prime competitor. Current valuations reflect that overly view of consumer behavior in the United States. One of the statistics that Lyft and Uber will throw out there is how little you actually use your car versus how much it costs compared to your house and other you know big investments. Transportation as a service, T-A-A-S. Not S-A-A-S. Not software as a service. Transportation as a service, $1.2 trillion market. Do you agree with the analyst that he's a little concerned that maybe millennials will own cars? Maybe they won't forego car ownership. So he's building his case. And what he doesn't like is that billion dollars of losses. It's a lot of money to lose. So these are called unicorns, companies that can pull in a billion in revenue, but they can also lose a billion in revenue. Pretty easily, right? Right. And not lose a billion in revenue, because I'd be like, oh, where's my wallet? It's bigger than that, obviously. Verizon's offering family kids first phone. I don't know how I feel about this. Verizon's new Just Kids plan aims to become your child's first phone plan, basically introducing them to cigarettes at a young age. Why not? Why not give them candy bubblegum cigarettes? What harm could that do? Have them go around playing like they're smoking. So the new plan starts... It includes 5 gigabytes of 4G LTE data plus unlimited talk and text 20 contacts pre-approved by the parents. Oh, so you're going to try to call your friend out of network, are you? Yes, I have an evil German scientist inside me. We all do. Let him out. Let him out. There's a pause internet function that's going to allow parents to block the the iPhone's um, Wi-Fi and cellular data. Oh, I, I don't know. <laughs> what what a sticky conversation that I would try to have with you. I'm not even going to go there. I'm just not going to do it. I'm going to pass. 800-516-1220 to get your calls into the show. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Lyft is down more than 20% since its IPO, and it could fall even more once short sellers are allowed to pounce on it. Ooh. Wasn't it just last Friday people were excited about this one, and now it's the plague? It's kind of like me. First date always goes well. Always looks promising. Then second date, you're like, oh, I don't know if I want to go out with him again. Right? 
It smacks of reality. Housing stocks have come roaring back recently. When interest rates moved up, a cost of a house basically on a monthly basis for individuals moved up. And therefore, housing stocks go down because they could basically go to someone and say, so you make $100,000 a year. You could certainly afford a payment of $2,000 a month. But when you make $100,000 a year and mortgage rates go from 35 to 4.5%, that $2,000 a month is like $2,600 a month. And honey, I don't think we'll be able to save for our time and we buy this house. And that's when housing slows down. Popular exchange traded funds full of big homeowners. All did well as the mortgage rates plummeted. Lennar and DR Horton led up the index. They're up 20% year to date as mortgage rates have fallen. And when mortgage rates have fallen after they, we'd been left for dead saying, this housing market's definitely solid. And they fall one more time tides towards a weak economy. Weak economy equals fewer buyers, right? Wrong! Those are the people buying houses. Those are people renting who get hurt even more. Wrong. You are wrong. Bad puppy. Bad puppy. That's all I got, ladies and gentlemen. It's the Rob Black and Your Puppy Show. Only on AM 1220 KDOW. So kids' plans, um, yes. Amazon slashing prices up to 20% on almost everything in the store, trying to basically change the brand that Whole Foods spent all those years coming up with. Burger King introducing the Impossible Whopper, which is a meatless, it tastes just like meat burger. A friend of mine, Brian Cooley, over at CNET and CBS, uh, he's a big advocate for meatless. He says this is going to be big, so he's usually right. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. You can find me online at Rob Black Show. One thing I want to leave today on is have a plan. If you don't have a plan, you have a plan. It's, it's, it's wild. Try to have a plan. What's your goal? How are you going to get there? What are you going to save in? How much are you going to save? Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.